0: Still talking about the harvest. I'm going to reread some verses. Second Corinthians six, verse one, the Apostle Paul says that we are God's co-workers. We urge you to receive God's grace, not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Today is the day of the salvation of the Lord right now. Uh not not next week again and then Jesus helps us see it a little gives us a little more of a picture of it in John 4:35 you don't you have a saying it is still 4 months until the harvest I tell you open your eyes and look at the fields they are ripe for harvest. There's a ripe harvest and the harvest is a rev, of course is a a metaphor for souls for the souls of those who don't know Christ. There are souls that are ripe to receive the gospel. And then, of course, the great commission. We that are a part of the body of Christ know it to be called that. Mark chapter 16, starting in verse 15. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. These signs will follow the twelve. No, I've already we've already talked about that. There was a crowd of some 500 he was speaking directly to when, the, when this commission was given. And then he was taken up out of their sight back into heaven. They'll, these signs will follow all who believe. All who believe. Drive out demons. Speak in new tongues. Don't nobody else send me a, a, a video, please, making fun of those of us who speak in tongues. I don't need to see another one, um, and if you do send it, we'll block you from, you know, being able to reach out again because that's nothing that helps anybody. We are a Pentecostal church. We're a New Testament church. We're a we're a baptism in the Holy Ghost church with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Church, yes. Are there abuses? Of course there are. Of course there are abuses of any in every practice of. Within the body of Christ. That's what the devil does. But we are a spirit-filled church and we know and we embrace what even Jesus said. We'll speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their... Now, come on, I don't need to say anything about that. Yeah, you talk about abuses up in the mountains of certain states. You know, these tongue-talking people, you know, take up rattlesnakes and they do ridiculous things. Every now and then, one of them dies. It doesn't make headline news, but on a regular basis, uh, uh, some of them die for tempting the Lord God. We don't tempt the Lord God. When you drink any deadly poison, would anybody, well, most people, drink deadly poison on purpose? I don't think so. So obviously, I understand that as Jesus is saying, if you ingest something that is poisonous, you didn't intend to, you didn't know, it won't hurt you. Hallelujah. It will not hurt you. And we'll place our hands on sick people and we'll see them get well. How will you ever see that? You have to do it. I don't heal anybody. You don't heal anybody. God is the healer. But if you're not willing to lay your hands, let him use your hands. You will never see a sick person made well. But if you lay hands on every opportunity that you have, you're going to see the sick made well by the promise of Jesus. By the promise of Jesus. I'm still asking God. Expose for me Father. Expose for me anything. Any distraction. Any hindrance that takes my focus away. From the harvest. If today truly is the day. Of the salvation of the Lord. Then I want to see the salvation of the Lord today. And I want to make myself available to the harvest today. And if God gives me breath for a tomorrow. If I wake up for another day. I want to say Lord I want to commit myself to the harvest today. Because that day as well will be the salvation of the Lord. The apostle Paul just told us that. Now is the favor of God. Now is the day of the salvation of of the Lord but church we got to make sure we've got first things first <clears throat> now when God gives an order one two three four putting something first you better make sure you put it first uh, if he if he says uh, uh, love me with all of your heart soul mind and strength that's the first and greatest commandment We better get that right first. Because if we don't get that right first, nothing else is going to go well in your life. Love me first. There was a rebuke given to one of the seven churches. You've left your first love. You've left your first love. Oh, we're casting out devils and building church buildings and sending out missions. He said, but you've left your first love, me. You're no longer in love with me. You're no longer loving me first. And my friend, if we don't love God first, we can't love people. We can't love people, we won't see people the way God sees them. We won't have compassion toward them. If we don't love God, then we can love, as the word says, others, even as we love ourselves. We can love others, even as we love ourselves. I grew up uh, having the church uh, uh, that using this, that the word joy... There was a little acronym they did, did using the word joy for us as believers. It means Jesus, others, you. Jesus, others, you. Love Jesus, love others, love yourself. Well, that's not the order that Jesus gave us. He said, love God first with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then love your neighbor. Yeah. Even though, first though, the way you love and take care of yourself. See, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't love other people if you're trying to get uh uh, something outside of god if you're trying to find fulfillment and contentment anywhere else you will never have eyes for the harvest you'll always be about the soul remember we talked about those three enemies that we all deal with every single day what was the first one the somebody please didn't forget what'd you say the world thanks young man I don't know where the rest of these folks were. The second one, the flesh. And the third one, the devil. My friend, the devil's not behind near as much as you think he's behind. You are. your flesh. How do we deal with the flesh? We crucify the flesh every single day because the flesh will hinder us from the harvest. The flesh doesn't want to see anybody saved. The flesh doesn't want you to be saved. The flesh is out to kill you. Your own flesh. That war, I mean, go go into Romans. That war between the flesh and the spirit till we see Jesus face to face. Our spirit is in a war with our flesh and we're not, uh, don't don't allow the flesh, don't live your life from your soul. Don't let your soul lead you. It'll lead you down the wrong path. Let the spirit lead you because the spirit is where the Holy Spirit dwells in your spirit. I want to wake up each and every day for the rest of my life with an expectation to see the salvation of the Lord somewhere. I want to wake up every day loving God first and then loving my neighbors even as I love and take care of myself. Because when I do, I'll go where he wants me to go. I'll say what he wants me to say and I'll do what he wants me to do each and every day. And my friend let me just pause and say for the for those of you that are going through some stuff for those of you that are suffering I've never uh, in 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 all my ministry the 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 kinds of attacks and trials and sufferings that the people of God are going through I mean it you know my heart breaks for them I grieve for them but I'm also rejoicing because I know the significance of when the suffering comes to the saints of God I know the significance of that it is getting us ready for a revelation of his glory unlike anything we've ever known before there's nothing uh, th- there's no stronger praise no stronger prayer no stronger worship than when it's offered up to God from a place of suffering I believe the suffering is, it, it, it's, it's purpose with our God is to pull us closer to Him, to shorten the distance I mentioned last week. The one that left the hundred got in trouble because He put distance between Him and the shepherd. Close the distance between you and God. Allow the purpose of the sufferings of God to pull you closer to Him. Because I do believe the greater the sufferings of the people of God today, the greater the manifestation of glory that is about to fall upon your life. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul said, that's why I'm suffering. That's why I'm suffering like I am. Because I love Jesus. Because I've committed myself to the cause of Christ. I, and, and so I'm not ashamed of that. Because I know. Second Timothy 1.12 says this. I know who, him whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have committed and entrusted to him until that day. Hallelujah. Have you ever been asking, and I know you have. Why am I suffering as I am? Why does it seem like there are attacks on every side? Are you in love with Jesus? Do you love him? Are you following him each and every day? Are you offering sacrifices of praise to him? Are you serving his kingdom? Are you committed to his business? Are you committed to the harvest? And that is why you are suffering. Through all the fiery trials, the fiery darts, the fiery sufferings, we are being prepared for a greater glory that is even now being revealed. Don't get distracted. Don't get entangled even by the sufferings of this life. Hallelujah. Understand that you commit like the apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed because of what I'm suffering. I know him that I've committed my life to. I know my life is in his hand. I know he is able to deliver me uh, every single time, and he will deliver me. So, so 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 Hebrews 12 1 rings out so strong and loud in my spirit. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Throw it off, anything and everything that hinders. You know what? We, we have a lot of traditions in the church. You, you have them in your life, in your home, in your family. Traditions, dead traditions, religious traditions. Traditions. And we consider them to be sacred, even though they're not sacred. Let me give you an example of what I mean about a dead tradition, even within the church. I grew up in a generation that every October 31st, every church in town, almost as a competition on the night of October, now we know what that night is, right? Every year. The church, mostly youth groups would sponsor it, would host haunted houses. Assembly of God, Pentecostal churches. You talk about a dead religious tradition with no life in it. And there was no, it's like, I I guess it wasn't the knowledge of the revelation at the time. Thank God that the revelation came. I don't know how it, you know, how it came, but thank God it came. And we understand how dark and how evil and we don't do anything that's going to celebrate, you know, that day in the annual calendar ever again. But for years, this tradition had a grip on the church or churches, if you will. Let's look what Jesus says about this. I found these two verses. I'm like, mm, this is good. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, starting in verse 8, you have to let go of the commands of God, and you have let go, I'm sorry, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. He continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. Folks, you know, let's let's take that. That's personal. That applies to every single one of us. Somewhere in our lives, there are dead traditions. And we've set aside the purpose of God. We've set aside the harvest maybe as well in order to observe our own traditions. Oh, let us come back to the commands of God. Let us never let go of the commands of God to hold on to human traditions. May we never set aside the commands of God in order to observe dead traditions. And if we are, then I pray the Holy Spirit expose dead traditions to us so we can throw them off. Along with every hindrance and the hindrance that they are so that we may obey the commands of our God. We cannot be a people. Who set aside the commands of God in order to protect a dead tradition or a false belief. I hope you understand. It was because of the traditions of the church of Jesus' day that they could not see that he was the Messiah. They so were determined to protect their traditions, their religious traditions... That that it blinded them to even see and accept that Jesus was the Messiah. Whatever these traditions may be in your life. Bad habits. Routines or practices that just simply have no life in them. Positions you hold or opinions you have that are totally of the flesh. Loyalties with people who don't matter. Friendship with the world. And sometimes it's, a, sometimes it's a family tradition. I pray Holy Spirit reveal to me any and every entanglement that hinders me from being engaged with the harvest so that I will set aside bad habits, break bad habits, break bad traditions, do away with traditions that have no life in them and take hold of the commands of God. This church, I'll say it again, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. There is an urgency. We cannot say we believe that Jesus is coming soon, but keep living as if he's never coming back. We can't say we believe that all the signs of the end are happening right now, but still live without any urgency for reaching the harvest. Those two things are simply incompatible. They contradict one another. The last thing unforgiven people need to hear right now is, everything's going to be alright. Now, for those of us that are, are the forgiven that know and love Jesus, everything is going to be alright. But for the people out there that don't know Him, everything ain't going to be alright. As a matter of fact, it couldn't go worse for them if they don't turn and accept Jesus into their hearts. So let's not be a people that tell anybody that doesn't know the Lord, it's going to be, you're going to be okay, everything's going to be okay, and then you don't tell them about Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, the Apostle Paul speaks to this directly, starting in verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night to the unbeliever, to the unforgiven. There are other passages that make that very clear. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman. And then look at this. And they will not escape. Don't ever tell somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Oh, you're going to be alright. It's going to be okay. Because it is not unless they come to know Him. If you're going to say you're going to be alright, let me tell you how. You can be okay. How you can get through this. How you can come out on the other side. How this doesn't have to destroy your life and then tell your story. The gospel story. Let's continue. He says, but you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness, so then let us not be like others who are asleep But let us be awake and sober, for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet, for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. For anybody that's wondering, is the church going to go through the tribulation, the great seven-year tribulation? No, we are not going through the tribulation. God has saved and preserved and not appointed us to suffer wrath. Because the great tribulation, read the book in Revelation, is the outpouring of the wrath of God. The wrath of God poured out on the earth. And my friend, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now the second most terrible is to fall into the hands of Israel. Now because they do warfare like this. They mean business. They mean to destroy the enemy. And God gave them the the, kind of the strategy for that many, many years ago. But it's a horrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God if you're not under the blood of Jesus. If you're not under the blood of Jesus. I want to encourage you. Everybody in this room that knows the Lord, you have a story. You have a testimony. You have a gospel story that only you can tell. Only you can tell it. And there's an anointing on that because it's the story of how God saved you. And understand, Jesus never saved people the same way twice. Jesus never said to everybody... You must be born again. He said to one, Go sell all that you have and give it to the poor and come and follow. He was ministering salvation to that young man. He was in love with his riches. The woman caught in adultery, Go and sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. The woman at the well, You need living water. He didn't say to every single person, You must be born again. That was one way he ministered salvation. Jesus was creative and ministered salvation very creatively to different people, meeting them right where they were in life. And there are people that come across your path every day that only you can tell the story of Jesus to them. God has brought them across your path. Think of it like this. Your testimony has someone's hope in it. Your testimony. Your testimony has someone's healing in it. Someone's going through cancer and you've been healed of cancer. You can say to that person, I know what you're going through and let me tell you why, how. I can't say that to that person. I've not ever been healed of cancer. You see what I'm talking about? You've been healed of depression. God will cause that one who's depressed to cross your path Because it's so it's so much more powerful for you that God has brought out of and set free of depression. Now there's an anointing on you to minister to people that are in depression. Because he brought you out of that. You have a grace and an anointing to be able to say to that person, I know what you're going through. Let me tell you why I say that. Hallelujah. And on and on. You've been set free from drug addiction. You can say to the addict, I've been right where you're at. I know what you're going through. And let me tell you how and why I say that to you. I once was an addict and Jesus set me free. Hallelujah. Your testimony has somebody's breakthrough wrapped up in it. Your testimony has someone's forgiveness wrapped up in it. Your testimony has peace for someone. There is glory In every story, and that glory, that anointing, is released when you tell it. Because you see, the Bible couldn't be clearer about spoken words. The power of life and death is in the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue. You give power to what you speak about. I said you give power to what you speak about. Somebody asked a Hollywood actor, I just saw it recently, I don't think he, this interview happened recently. But somebody, I'm not going to name any names, that's irrelevant to the the point that that is being made. Someone asked a famous Hollywood actor this question, how are we going to get rid of racism in America? And he was quick to answer, quick to answer this, stop talking about it. Stop producing it, Hollywood. Stop releasing it in the entertainment from Hollywood. That America's a racist nation with no hope to ever be be free of that. Because let me tell you something. You empower what you speak about. You empower it. Stop talking politics. And start talking Jesus. Jesus. Stop talking sports, Super Bowl, and start talking Jesus. Stop talking business with everybody and start talking Jesus. Stop talking problems and start talking Jesus. And you can bring life. You can bring life to somebody. You can bring Jesus to life for somebody who thinks he's dead. That he died along with all the other old prophets and religious leaders. And then you can, t- you see here, <clears throat> people, if you show them compassion, if you say, Holy Spirit, compel me by, with the love of God to see people the way you see them, the, the unforgiven I'm talking about, people will expose to you pretty quickly in conversation, they'll expose to you a felt need, a felt need. And you know what felt needs are? They are doorways to the soul. They're doorways to the heart. Access points. Entrance points. And when somebody tells you and shares with you a felt need, that's your opening to step in there with the one who can meet that need, no matter what it is, whose name is Jesus. Of course, the flesh is going to always tell you, "Oh, you don't, you can't say anything. You you don't know what you're talking about. You if you if you say anything about what Jesus did for you, that person's never going to speak to you again. They're going to think you've lost your mind. They're going to think you're crazy. They're going to they're going to cancel you. They're going to turn away from you. The devil is a liar, and your flesh is a liar too." Because your flesh will always tell you, you don't have anything to say. Don't say anything. You want to lose the friends. You want to lose the reputation. You want to lose your standing here. Let me tell you something, my friend. You got to get over yourself. If you love and know Jesus, you've got nothing to lose, nothing to lose, and everything to gain. But they have everything to lose and nothing to gain save hell if they don't come to know Jesus. No, there's no guarantee that everybody you speak to is going to receive it. There's no guarantee that everybody that you share your testimony with is going to rejoice with you. That they're going to believe it. But they will listen. And you know why they'll listen? Because the person with an argument is always at the mercy of the person with an experience. Let me tell you what happened to me. They will listen. Now, will they walk away believing in Jesus? Maybe, maybe not. Some will, but some won't. But they will listen, and when it goes into the ear gate, it's planted in their soul as seeds of life. And we pray, cause again, this is not, the harvest is not about, you better get out there and save people. Salvation belongs to the Lord. He is mighty to save. He's asked us to labor with Him. He's asked us to be harvesters and laborers in the harvest with Him. It's ripe. God could save everybody in a split second. He chose to partner with His people, with his, with the body of Christ around the world. He chose to partner with us to get the job done. That's God who decided that. But He didn't call any one of us to save anybody. He didn't call you to save anybody. Share your story of his glory and see what can happen. Paul said I, I try to adjust my life to everybody. I want to be able to share something with everybody I, I, it's because some will respond. I will reach some This is not about we reach everybody we speak to. And you know what? This is not about, I'm trying to, oh, I see what Pastor's trying to do. And right here at the beginning of the new year, he's trying to get every seat filled. He's trying to populate these services. He wants them to be full of people. So he's trying to get a, this is a new church growth strategy for 2024. But this isn't about populating this church. That All of that is up to God. This is about populating heaven. We want every seat in heaven to be filled. You're going to minister. Most of the people you minister to will never come here. Don't be discouraged by that. Don't say, well, you know, they live so and so. They live all the way in downtown. They're all the way out in Belgrade. Oh, they live all the way in Palm Beach. Uh, there's no point in me sharing anything with them. Because they can't ever come here. Oh, my Lord and my God set you free from that. You minister to them no matter what. It ain't about filling up the seats in this room. That Holy Spirit will take care of that. Let's get out there and plant the seeds and share your story of His glory. Give your testimony when the, when the felt need is shared and the door is open. Our story is, are, they are merely seeds, salvation seeds being planted in the hearts and minds of people. Cause every one of you, Your story is anointed. Now, we're going to do something real, real soon. And we're going to take some Sundays and and we're going to schedule some of y'all to stand up here and share your testimonies. Man, there's some miracle stories in this house. I don't even know, but a few of them. But every one of you, well, if you're saved, that's a miracle right there. But you have a story. And it will it will so inspire and encourage every single one of us as we begin to hear those stories. So it's going to be happening real soon. It won't all happen on one Sunday, of course, but we'll, we'll get it started. Well, we'll schedule three or four each Sunday and let you share your story of what God has done for you. Because I'm telling you, when you can say to somebody, I know what you're going through. This is what happened to me. Let me tell you how I came out of that, how, how I am where I am today, how I didn't lose my mind. Many years ago, I was invited to be a part of, a, to speak at a, an, an inner city outreach through a dear friend of mine who still has an inner, inner city outreach in West Palm Beach to this day. And he invited me to come into the inner city um, and share uh, with the crowd as they were bringing people together for To give them food and to feed them and then to have an evangelistic service and invite them to know come and know jesus And so I was there was a list of you know People that were going to share and i'm standing off on the side of the stage and i'm hearing this man come up And man, he shared how god set him free from a gang and gang and I was in a gang and I ended up in prison And god brought me out. He met me there. And I'm like wow. What a testimony And the next one came up. She uh, she was on drugs. Drug addicted. Lost everything. Sleeping on the street. And God met her. Transformed her life. Set her free. And she's on her way to heaven. I'm like, wow, what a testimony. And after two or three of those, I'm standing over there like, what in the world am I supposed to say? I don't have a testimony. Now that was the devil whispering to me. Because in that moment, and I will never forget it. Because, why do I say I don't have a, t- I was raised in Pentecost. <laughs> I was raised in the Assembly of God Church. I was raised at the f- feet of the, foot of the cross. And I've never turned away. I've never backslidden, if you will. I've stayed with Jesus all my life to, the, up to this very day. And, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I stood there because I didn't know what to say. I'm like, what am I supposed to say? I'm a, I'm a preacher, you know. Been saved all my life, and I, I, you know, I, I was never on drugs. I never killed anybody. I, I, I never, you know, I, I was never in prison. I I, 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 you know, I never raped anybody. God, I never, you know, it's like I don't know. I don't know what to say. And the Holy Spirit said, "Tell them that the God who brought them out is the same God that is able to keep you, to keep you in." Hallelujah. Jesus didn't have a testimony either then, did he? He was never backslidden. He never killed anybody. He was never did. You could say, the devil would say, Jesus didn't have a testimony either. Well, that's ridiculous. He's the son of God. So church for anybody... That's grown up in this thing, and it's all you've ever known. I came to give you a word because the devil will tell you you don't have a testimony. What are you going to say? You don't. You, you have a testimony that the God who saved you has kept you all these years. He has kept you in the faith and in the fold of, and in the flock. It's, it's your own experience in Jesus. That's what you've been saved from. And you know, I talked about that. Let's understand what we've been saved for. You know what qualifies you and releases you to what you've been saved for, which is the harvest, when you understand what you've been saved from. And you can tell anybody instant, in season, out of season, at the drop of a hat, anywhere, anytime, I can tell you this is what the Lord has done for me. What you've been saved from equips you for what you've been saved for. Hallelujah. I'm talking about I once was blind, but now I see. I once was bound, but now I'm freed. I once was dead in my trespasses and sins, but now I live. I once was addicted, but now I'm clean. I once was depressed, but now I have peace. I once had cancer, but now I do not. I once was unemployed, but now I am not. I once was alone, but I am not alone anymore. I once was on my way to hell, but now I am not. I once was on my way to suicide, but now I am not. I once was on my way to divorce, but now I am not. I once was on my way to losing an. Everything I hold dear. But now I am not. And I thank God and my Savior. It's all because of His compassion towards me. Hallelujah. Amen. Friends, I'm no theolo- theologian don't feel like if you didn't you don't you don't study the word for hours every day uh, you're not the most mature one in the house uh, in the church you're not the most gifted you're not the life of the party and maybe you even stumble over your own words sometimes uh, but you can tell people what God has saved you from and it goes something like this and I'm gonna date myself he brought me out of the my reclaim he set my feet on a rock to stay he He puts a song in my soul today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. And you've all got a song. And I hope before you leave this service, you will know what you've been saved from. And it may start for somebody today. God can save you, of course, from sin today. Would you bow your heads all over the room? I want to ask the question I believe the Holy Spirit started this during worship you came in here today and I'm going to to remind us back to the word he impressed upon my spirit during worship and you came in here today carrying someone just failed you an experience that was supposed to make you all better failed you a procedure maybe even medical a procedure failed you A company failed you. A job failed you. I don't know. A family member maybe failed you. I want to introduce you to the one who will never fail you. Who will save you out of that. In this moment, you can turn your heart and your life over to Jesus. And have your sins be washed away. He will will save you out of darkness. Fill you with His light and then send you back into darkness to light it up with the light of Jesus. And so this this is very specific right here. I don't do this every single Sunday, but I'm doing this right here, right now. You You want to know, you want to come in this moment to the one and the only one who will never leave you, never forsake you, never fail you whose name is Jesus you'd say pastor pray for me I need Jesus in my life let me see your hand anybody in this room I need Jesus in my life yes God bless you young lady yes I need Jesus I need Jesus yes God bless you yes God bless you yes God bless you I don't I don't know him. I don't. My sins aren't forgiven. I'm not walking with him. I'm living life my own way. I'm living for my soul, whatever I feel like. But I want to turn it all over to Jesus. I want to lay it all down. He's bidding me. He's bidding you come, come, come. And lay it down at the foot of the cross. And he will meet you there. I want everybody to stand right here in this moment. If you raise your hand. I want ministry people around the altar. Quickly come quickly. Ministry team people. And if you raise your hand. I want you to step out and come. Take the next step. And we don't want uh, 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 to. Nobody's here to look at anybody. We're here to rejoice with you. That you are passing from darkness to light. And death to life in this moment. Would you come and let us say a prayer with you right here. Come right here as Pastor Jamil sings this. Come right here. Quickly, we'll wait for you. Come right here. I need Jesus to save me, to forgive me. Come on. who? Come and just stand in front of somebody. They'll pray with you. They'll agree with you. I need Jesus.
1: I need Jesus. I want to be
0: saved. I want my sins forgiven today before I leave here come and we'll pray for you. we'll pray with you. Come right, come right now.
1: come right
0: now Come right now Come to the altar right now. come to the altar right now. we're all coming in a minute but I want to invite you first. I'm inviting you first come don't leave here today with that failed experience. Come and come and come come into his presence. Come into his grace. Come into his grace and be forgiven. Be be restored. Be healed. Be made whole.
1: The precious blood of Jesus. Thank you,
0: Father.
1: was bought with precious blood
0: of Jesus oh, what a savior. is it? can we all join them? let's all come down here as we do every Sunday let's close the service around the altar together just before we leave let's don't rush out let that word take root in each and every one of us the challenge the invitation to join the harvest oh Lord we adore you Thank you for the story that each one has, the story of your glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord.
1: Come on, everybody.
0: Push on up so everybody can get up
1: here. Come on to the, come on down before him for he is Lord of all sing hallelujah Christ is risen
0: here I am Lord I want to see the salvation of the Lord every single day use me Lord Help me understand, I've been I've been called out of darkness into your marvelous light and sent back into the darkness with the light and the hope of Jesus. The time is short. The time is running out. There has to be a harvest urgency upon each one of us because there are people we cross paths with every single day that if we will see them, if we will ask you to show us, Lord, they're ready to hear the story of Jesus. They're ready for hope, the hope that we have. In Christ, They're ready for us to share that with them. So Holy Spirit, fill us fresh today and send us forth each and every day. Expose every tradition, every entanglement, every distraction that just prevents us from seeing and participating in the harvest that we might be harvesters, that we might see that today is the day, every day of the salvation of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We don't want to be a people that let go of the commands of God in order to hold on to dead tradition, to dead habits, to entanglements and distractions and compromises. So, Holy Spirit, fill us fresh today. Crucify the flesh so that Your Spirit might lead us and guide us and we would walk not after the flesh, but we would walk after the Spirit. We would sow not after the flesh, but we would sow, give, and plant according to the Spirit so that we reap according to the Spirit. Thank You, Father. Oh, what a Savior
1: Isn't He one Christ is risen. Bow down before Him. Thank you, Father, for He is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah! Christ
0: is risen. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There are folks being prayed with, being prayed for. There are folks here coming to know the Lord. I know that in my heart. Coming into the family of God, let's not rush. nor be. Let's not distract from that in any way. As you dismiss yourself, be very sensitive to what is happening around the altar. And when you're ready to dismiss yourself, you know that you can do that. Oh, what a say.